0: What does a U.S. presidential campaign look like from the inside? I'm joined today by Nigel Farage to answer that question. Nigel, how are you doing and where were you over the last week? I was in Iowa. I went out for the first Republican primary. Um, Little
1: did I know that they were about to have the second highest recorded snowfall in the history of the state. Um, And that in centigrade terms, uh, one night I was there, it was 28 below and with the wind. It was evil. And yet, what I witnessed was something remarkable. So two-thirds of the elected politicians in Iowa, at the House of Representatives, Senate, and including the Governor, came out publicly and endorsed Ron DeSantis. The big money endorsed Nikki Haley, the Koch brothers, people like this. And if you look at the spending, you know, her campaign massively outspending. All the other campaigns on TV ads, radio ads, billboards, you name it and yet as i went to a gymnasium of a school in a little town about half an hour outside des moines i saw these big four by fours arriving with a foot of snow on the roof uh, people huddled up walking across icy car parks going into this gymnasium looking and listening to um, surrogates representing trump and to Santis and ramaswami and uh, watch them engage in a process of open democracy, where your vote really matters. And despite the big money, and despite all the recommendations, Donald Trump won by 30%. And it kind of reinforced my belief that when you open the democratic process up, you get results that are very different to what the globalist establishment wants. It was really, really fascinating to see it, uh, fascinating to be a part of it, to cover it. And I wish to go. This we had a similar process here, because if we did, I promise you something, Dishi Rishi would not be our Prime Minister. There is no way that average Conservative voters would have picked him. So Trump has got terrific momentum. Um, he's since then gone on to win New Hampshire pretty comfortably. He is going to be the Republican nominee. And whilst he faces a series of very difficult and, I have to say, politically inspired um, you know 91 charges he's facing in four separate cases. already we see the chief prosecutor in Georgia has been compromised. Um, I, I, honestly I think he's going to become the next president of the USA. The only rabbit that I think the Dems can pull out of the hat is to get rid of Biden and who knows maybe Michelle Obama would be the one that would give Trump a run for his money but as things are, as things are going now, I think he'd be president, and here's the really interesting bit. Back in 2016, outside of America, I was very much on my own. Oh, that idiot Farage supports Trump, but nobody else did. Everybody disparaged him, and there we had Davos going on last week. Jamie Dimon, the boss of J.P. Morgan, saying we need to rethink Trump. He was right about China. He woke the world up to the threat that it poses. He was right that the U.S. border was going to become a massive problem. He was right that defunding the police would lead to huge upticks in crime and murder in American cities. And to hear someone like Jamie Dimon saying that about Trump on the stage at Davos, I thought was remarkable. And we've had, you know, big Mail on Sunday piece this week. um, um, Other pieces have been written in British newspapers. You know what? Actually, you might find Trump a bit brash and a bit boastful, but at least he's a pro-British, pro-Western values, anti-woke guy uh, that actually, you know, during his tenure saw the world in a much safer, far more stable, less, war, less warlike phase than we're currently in. So yeah, I was very, very energised, very excited to be a part of it uh, and feeling very optimistic. Sorry to interrupt, but if you're enjoying this content, you can get it every single day. Just click the link in the description or go to fortuneandfreedom.com get a daily email from our team of experts thank you
0: that's a great overview let's dig into some of that especially the angle of what's the media in the uk but also in the us not reporting that you saw in 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 the country so for example i was not aware and our investment director john butler had to point this out to me that the winning margin was a record winning margin at the iowa course so the And then in New Hampshire, we had this record turnout, which is uh, attributed to some other nefarious issues that are going on. But it seems to me that the media is not willing to reveal just how much momentum and support Trump has. Uh, They've gone quite quiet on these issues. Uh, Not that I was expecting them to tell me about those issues.
1: Well, you know, they've been abusive about him ever since 2015, ever since he walked down the escalators in Trump Tower and and, and outed himself as a Conservative, they've given him a hard time. So they're they're not about uh, to start eulogising over Trump. But yes, it was a record-winning margin, Uh, nothing like it's ever been seen uh, to carry both those first two primaries the way that he has. Um, uh, There is still a huge level of bias against Trump. Uh, You see the narrative on this side of the pond that uh, he's going to destroy NATO. Uh, That's why the EU needs its own army, air force, and navy. And so these political games go on, but I just think the Trump train now has this incredible momentum, energy, enthusiasm, and in terms of his supporters, and there are huge numbers of them in America, I've just never seen a Western political leader engender that much love, that much support, and that much belief. And yeah,
0: the media may not tell you that, but believe me, I've seen it with my own eyes, it's happening. Another thing the media doesn't seem to want to talk about is the connection between the lawfare, the attacks on Trump via the legal system, uh, whether those will actually impact the election and in what ways. So, for example, we might assume that someone who's convicted of a crime can't become the president of the US, but actually they can. And it seems to me that these accusations and and the prosecutions have supported Trump uh, in the polls. So the media is not really telling us the true story there either. Well, that's the irony, isn't it? I mean, Trump
1: boasted boasted a joke the other day. He said, uh, I'm only one indictment away from winning the election. Uh, Because every time he gets indicted, fair-minded Americans say, what the hell is going on? in, In Russia, you know, Putin has put Navalny in the gulag. His one political opponent is in the gulag. And that is virtually what Biden is trying to do with elected judges some of whom were elected saying we're going to get Trump in America. And so I think, as I say, fair-minded people can see that what is going on here is entirely wrong, but I believe those cases will all fall away. But As you're right, I mean, actually, even if he was in prison, he could still be elected as the American president. It isn't going to happen. It can't be allowed to happen. Um, if they put in jail uh, the leader of the opposition and the favourite to win the next presidential election, I hate to think, or social consequences in America might be
0: my one disappointment in all of this is that some of the COVID-era policies coming from the Trump White House won't get the accountability that they might have had DeSantis stuck around a bit longer. That was his point of differentiation from Trump. Um, do you think if Trump cleanly sort of you know wins the nomination from here and become, potentially becomes president, a lot of that will sort of never occur in the US, Trump supporters won't demand to know what happened in the Trump era, as much as during the Biden era, over COVID and some of the decisions that have since been questioned by the science.
1: That may be true. I mean, look, you know, there was no incumbent government in the West that did well out of the COVID crisis. I mean, I was with Trump on the 29th of February, 2020, right? That leap day, I was behind the curtain with him at CPAC. I was the last person to speak to him before he went on stage. I thought, for all the world, he was going to win forty states. The supply side reforms, uh, the boom uh, that was going on economically, particularly with small businesses, uh, was such that I thought he was certain to win it by a mile. COVID came along. He took much more of the big government view on vaccines, etc., and how to do how to deal with it. Um, although, you know, he never backed mask mandate. You know, he never packed anything like that. And he wasn't like the British Prime Minister or Nicola Sturgeon. I mean, let's get some sense of perspective on this. It's just that DeSantis uh, came out of that as a world leader. You know, he thought the science through. He evaluated the risk. He didn't close Florida down, uh, which meant, of course, that Florida had no higher death impacts than, say, California, which did with a very similar climate and economically suffered far less. So you may be right. You know some of the lessons that should be learned from COVID may not be learned. Mind you, I mean look at us. We're going through an inquiry. You know, I mean we're not going to dis- we're not going to discuss until 2025 why we had to burn nine billion pounds worth of over ch- of over ordered um, PPE. We're not even going to debate that until after the general election. So I'm not sure anywhere in the Western world are we going to have a proper evaluation of what happened.
0: I guess all I can say that is let's hope Trump learned his lesson. Uh, Nigel, thanks very much for joining us. <laughs> Dear Brian home, um, thanks for watching.
1: Well, thank you for watching. And I hope you agree it's never been more important to take control of your own money, your own financial situation. We do a daily free email, a Fortune and Freedom daily email with lots of knowledge, lots of insight. It's a very useful way of protecting yourself for the future. So please click the link in the description or go to fortuneandfreedom.com and get my daily email.